Welcome to Chat NDT with ASNT. I'm your host, Kitty Horwat. Today we have a very special episode previewing ASNT 2020, the annual conference. I'm talking with Tom Morrison, who will be the keynote speaker at this year's all-virtual conference. Tom is an award-winning association executive who currently leads the Metal Treating Institute, and his popular Future 4.0 thinking is changing the way associations operate. Tom, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, you're welcome, Kayla. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to be here. We are so excited to have you and welcome you to ASNT 2020 as our keynote speaker. Now, could you tell us a little bit more about your background? So I'm a big Florida State Seminole, uh, got my uh, fan. I got my degree at Florida State University in finance, but I really wanted to get into uh, management of nonprofits like I have. And for, for 25 years, I've been CEO of three different organizations, uh, came, come in and have really put focus on business management. I've had a lot of uh, great business mentors. And in that 25 years, I've kind of, the last five, put a lot of focus on really become obsessed with disruption. And what's causing the disruption all around in every industry, including your in the industry I'm going to be speaking at. And, uh, and one of the things I've really done is really decide, um, factored in the three disruptive forces that are really changing everything. To kind of become obsessed with that because in order to succeed in the future, we have to get in front of that change. And that's what I'm hoping to bring to the table when I speak to your group. Yeah, it's definitely relevant with all of the changes we're diving into right now. Uh, but... Does the NDT industry mirror intersect with your actual industry right now with the metal treating industry? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of our members use NDT uh, testing uh, for a lot of different things. I was just talking to a member this morning on my way to work who they, they do the seat tracks. They heat treat all the seat tracks and all the Boeing uh, airline, airplanes. And they use NDT testing to test things for that, for cracks um, in, in those, those seat tracks. So a lot of our members use, depending on what types of things they're heat treating, they will use that testing um, in their processes as well. So a lot of that happens. Great. So those those uh, ideas and things that you put into practice every day with your leadership will definitely translate over to what our members use, sounds like. Um, and your keynote focuses on the elephant in the room, on COVID-19 and how it has upended so many business norms. I mean, that's evidenced by the fact that we're having this all virtual annual conference for the first time. But how has your day to day career been affected? So my career as an association executive, you know, we don't we don't work in a plant. We work in uh, corporate offices. And so it's everything from and every association is struggling with this in, in, in society in terms of bringing people back to work. You know, we're all focused on touchless. People are really concerned now about touching things. So how do you make your your day to day as much touch free as possible? Um, having enough hand sanitizer, mask if prop, you know, if, if, if feasible, if you need to have that. So um, remote workspace and virtual workspace, when you've got remote and virtual, guess what? Cybersecurity becomes a huge deal. And so this is things that are happening and it's more prevalent in a plant because, you know, in, in an office space, there isn't a whole lot of things you're touching. In a plant, you're touching tons of equipment over and over and over and, and many people are touching that. So things like touchless, uh, health consciousness of mass sanitize, sanitizing, your hands and stuff, and then just the virtual uh, remote workspaces and cybersecurity issues, those are all changing the way we have to look at how we're going to function as an operation, whether you're a manufacturing plant or a professional office space in the future from this day forward. Yes. And so your keynote will look to the future and a post-COVID world, which is something that I actually don't hear about too much because we're so deep into this pandemic life. 
Um, but I wanted to ask you, where do you find the inspiration to look so optimistically forward in the face of these crazy times? So here's here's what gives me great hope. A lot of people speak with their pocketbooks. When their pocketbooks are, 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 are nice and fat, or at least growing, they tend to have a little bit easier time with stress and stuff. And so a lot of people are caught in this, this funk right now because one, COVID's got us all kind of a little bit out of control and turned upside down, but then the economy is really upside down. But here's the good news. I'm going to show numbers at the conference. The last four months in particular, we've had increase in manufacturing production. Personal household income is growing. Um, unemployment is down for the fourth straight month. So all the numbers that need to go a positive direction for us to move into back into a, a growing economy are all happening. And I'm going to show a, one chart, a demographic chart that's going to show you why the economy is going to grow far beyond our biggest means the next eight to nine years. And I'm going to show you the five industries that are, some of them are going to double in the next five to seven years. So there's lots of optimism because of some numbers that no one talks about. But when you look at the numbers, they're right there and they're, and they're proven. That's awesome. Well, I want to circle back to what you mentioned is your favorite subject, and that's disruption. And mm -hmm. COVID has definitely caused disruption like never before. Um, but I think we can also use this disruption to reframe past changes and past challenges we've seen. What are the internal and external forces that facilitate disruption and change? So I take disruption, why it happens, back to one element. So a lot of people want to make disruption very complicated, and it really isn't. So disruption happens when a cheaper, smarter, and more effective and more efficient means of doing something comes into play. Uh, IBM uh, did a study about four years ago, and they asked um, all uh, 5,000 C-suite executives, what was their, they asked them a series of questions, and the question that stood out to a person who wrote about that study was, the, was the, what's your number one fear? And the number one fear of over 50 percent of the fortune of these uh, C-suite executives was the uberization of their business model. And the uberization is that thing I talked about, something cheaper, faster, more efficient coming in and just totally disrupting. And Uber did that for the transportation industry. And now we're seeing it with Airbnb and many others. And so what's driving most business models today is not necessarily internal forces, it's the external forces. And again, in the presentation, I'm going to show you three technologies that once they become um, prevalent and the norm, such as the self-driven car, um, artificial intelligence, and 3D printing, it's going to have a damaging effect on a whole host of industries. And my question to them is, are you paying attention to it to get ahead of the change? Because you can actually predict what is going to happen today. And you can actually start making change to divest yourself or diversify or move in a different direction. So that, you know, that isn't um, a big, it doesn't have a negative impact on your business model. Here's another key factor, Caitlin. Forbes is predicting that the, for, the Fortune 500 companies, that's the biggest companies in the country, by 2029, 40% will not be here because of disruption, bankruptcy, or consolidation. And that's huge. So if, you're in, if your company is connected to any one of those companies and they're going to not be here in nine years, you got a problem. Now, here's the challenge. You don't know what those 40% of those companies are. So it's imperative that you're having these future 4.0 conversations with them to ask them, are you, in, are you going to get involved in 3D printing? Is artificial intelligence a big deal? How are your operations going? If they've got old thinking, then they're going to probably be one of the 200 companies that aren't here anymore. So that's, that's why we have to have big conversations with our suppliers and up and down the supply chain so that you're not caught in that predicament where that company goes out of business and now your company's having a really hard time. 
Yeah, and you mentioned the future 4.0 thinking, and that is a big part of what you're going to talk about. Um, Do you see this future, though, eliminating the need for human capital in the NDT industry and with our members that that need for human capital is so central to what our members look for? You know, human capital is going to be more important than ever. Because here's what I tell people about artificial intelligence and the whole robotics thing that people are scared is going to really take over the country. And it really isn't because guess what? Robots have to be built. People are going to make robots. So what's going to happen is it's imperative that people go to their, their employees and say, look, implementing artificial intelligence and robotics in our organization is not about replacement. We're not going to replace you. It's about capacity expansion. If you look around at every industry, and I'm sure yours is the same, there is not enough qualified people out there to do the work that you need with the skill sets. So, And plus, you've got $15 minimum wage coming along the pattern, so that makes it an, another challenge. So the number one way to eliminate, eliminate, not eliminate human capital, but to expand on the human capital you have is the implementation of artificial intelligence, robotics, and other technologies that can help you expand capacity because the economy is going to grow. And I always ask people, how are you going to grow your business 50% over the next 10 years? That's just 5% a year, which is really conservative. How are you going to grow up 50% with very little more human capital? You're only going to be able to do it by automation. Now, 10 years from now, we got 100 million millennials coming into the marketplace the next 10 years. There's going to be plenty of workers eight to six years from now, eight to 10 years from now. But right now, we have a serious labor shortage, qualified labor shortage at our hands. And that's going to be the one way. So it's really not about eliminating people. It's about maximizing your operation with the people you have. Yes, absolutely. Lifting up those people who are already there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Whether you're an entry-level technician wanting to expand your knowledge of NDT or an experienced manager wishing to stay abreast of NDT developments, you'll want to tune into webinars from ASNT Learn. Three webinar series are available monthly through the ASNT Learn program. Innovation in NDT, NDT Applications, and Management of NDT, co-hosted by the Non-Destructive Testing Management Association. ASNT Learn presents webinars tailored to different industry professionals, but it's also a great place to learn about something new. Tune in to learn about how drones are used for ground-penetrating radar in NDT, or learn how to give an engaging virtual presentation, something many of us are forced to do in today's climate. You'll learn contact hours for your attendance. Members get exclusive registration discounts. Visit asnt.org learn to explore upcoming webinars and find other great learning opportunities. Are there other ways you think the post-COVID business world will be different? I mean, right now, the biggest thing that everybody needs to be focused on is revenue recuperation to get back to a level of revenues that can uh, support and sustain their business model, their local communities, the things that they support. Um, I do think things are going to be different. But as we learned in the 2015 or the uh, 2000 economic crash and 9-11 um, and other um, minor pandemics that we had, once people get back to a comfort level, in my opinion, that it's okay, um, we have short memories. It's just, it's just a fact. And I think we're going to do things differently between here and there. But we will get back to some sense of normality where people will travel, people will shake hands, people will do some, a lot of the normal things that we do today. But things like meetings are going to look different. Uh, companies are going to look different because many are going to go, they're going to stay with virtual meetings. Um, they're going to stay with remote workers. So how we do it is going to look a little differently. Um, but I do think a lot of the things that we enjoyed, we enjoyed pre-COVID 
will make their way back into our lives just because people like the way things were. They like traveling. They like the human connection. They love that stuff. So I think we'll get back there, but it's just going to look differently. Some companies are going to choose to run with virtual meetings. Others are going to choose to bring back people back in because I know my own daughter who works in manufacturing at Medtronic. She's like, I'm, I can't wait. She's only, she's 29 and she can't wait to go back to the office to connect in with her employees and just be, because there's a chemistry there. So I think it's going to be different for everybody. You just got to find what's going to be comfortable for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of us are feeling really starved for that human connection that we didn't really realize we got at work, you know, especially if you're in the manufacturing industry or something that you might not realize how uh, close of a relationship you had with your coworkers, even now that they're just six feet away from you at all times. Well, that's kind of the thing that's happened with COVID. COVID magnified what people loved, what they felt was important, but also magnified where you absolutely are weak in your business model. And that was, that was one of the good things that came out because for, for eight years, me speaking on disruption, I've been really sharing with people, you have to have a rapid planning process to expect the unexpected. And what do you do when that moment arrives? And here we are eight years later, it happened. And it magnified people's inability to deal with it in a, in a big way. And they had to really, it thrust many companies into an immediate, okay, we got to make change now. And they've never had to do that before. So this has been a great learning process for every single company. And how do you, how do you keep business going when no one's in a building? All 42 of your employees are in different places. And guess what? They figured it out. And that's what the cool thing is. Absolutely. Um, and I think from a business perspective, you've kind of answered this where we've talked about why it's important to look beyond COVID. Um, but I was wondering if you had any more advice for how you merge getting through this pandemic, getting through the day-to-day with these cut budgets, with these change revenues, and that future of the automation and the um, changes and shifts that you see after COVID. So it boils down to one sentence that I heard 10 years ago that I've driven my business by. We need to quit planning for a future we cannot predict. We need to create the future that we want. Let me say that again. We need to quit planning for a future that we cannot predict and create the future we want. It's imperative that every company, I relate it to a relay race. In relay races, you know, they're passing the baton to get to the end. And if you wait for the baton to get in your hand, for everything to be normal again before you start running, you're going to be way behind. It's imperative today, we were far enough along through COVID, that you just start deciding with your teams. Look at your operations. Uh, you got to really be looking to put Industry 4.0 processes in your company to interconnect everybody with smart technology. But it's imperative that you start running today and start carrying that baton and st- well, it's not, not stop waiting on the baton, start running today. So when the market gets back to some sense of normality, you've built momentum and you grow exponentially because you've already been running, waiting, and the baton gets in your hand and boom, you're off and running and you have a competitive advantage. So it's imperative that you start that today, looking at smart technologies. Um, making sure you have phenomenal customer service because we're in a rate review recommendation society and you got to make sure everybody in your organization understands your purpose and your customer so that they want to talk good to you because your brand is no longer what you tell your customer. It's what your customer tells their other customers who you are. So it's imperative from a business standpoint that you start planning today for what you want to be one year from now and start working backwards to those steps. What does it mean for people? What does it mean for machines? What does it mean for processes, equipment, technology? How do you manufacture that industry 4.0 process into something that makes you a lean and mean running machine 
as we as the economy does come back in the next year. I love that. I think even before COVID, I think about my own job and my own experience where sometimes you go into the office or you go into your plan or wherever, and you're given just like a list of tasks or a list of problems to address. And sometimes you can get really caught up in that and not look at the bigger strategy of things. And I think more than ever, that's definitely possible to happen right now because we're looking at all these different uh, issues with COVID and how we interact with each other and not really looking at that strategy. So I think that's really important to refocus on. And I love that that's what you're going to be talking about at annual. Well, one of the big things, I'll just to elaborate on that, is, is, is your people, your teams. So many team members are feeling a little bit disjointed. They're feeling like pessimistic. They don't know what the future entails. And it's imperative that owners rally their teams, especially their management, to rally their line personnel, but to get bring your team together and say, God, we're going to be okay. And here's why. And bring the data, bring the things that I'm talking about with the economy growing share the things that can give people hope and happiness to that they're going to be okay in this in this big element and really inspire them to want to come in every day and as a team we're going to live through this and rally through this and get to the other end of the tunnel for sure ASNT is excited to introduce our new partner program the ASNT partner program was created to help you maximize your brand awareness by choosing from a broader array of advertising and co-branding options while showing your support for ASNT and the NDT community. We want to provide our partners maximum visibility and exposure. Partner with ASNT today and see why we're better together. The ASNT partner program has four tiers so you can find the perfect partnership for your company while staying within your budget. Partner perks include a listing on the ASNT.org website, use of the ASNT partner logo, exclusive e-newsletter advertising opportunities, and even print listings in materials evaluation. Perks vary by tier. Complement your ASNT partner tier with a group membership for your employees so they get all the individual benefits of the society as well. ASNT partners benefit from our specialized offerings designed to accomplish your marketing goals with the flexibility to stay in your budget. Learn more by visiting asnt.org slash partner or by contacting advertising and marketing specialist Jessica Miller at jmiller at asnt.org. Now, I do want to focus lastly on uh, our individual members mm-hmm. and what your recommendation is for those people whose careers have been disrupted by all of this um, in kind of a very personal way and when it comes to losing their job or having less opportunities. Is there anything they can do to make themselves more marketable after COVID and to really use this time to develop their career? I think in any career... One of the biggest mistakes we make in career is we we all we just want to keep ourselves in the current career with the current skill sets. And in this moment of change in COVID and how things are changing, no one can, can really sit idle and keep the same skill sets and expect to be successful in the next five to 10 years. So it's imperative for me is what can you do from a professional development standpoint? What markets can you build skill sets? Do you want to look at how do you build robots? How does artificial intelligence work? You want to get tuned in to the different technologies that are coming our way and you want to build skill sets that can help you thrive in those moments for different companies in that, whether it's in NDD testing or maybe your, your testing skills provide you another skill set that could be useful in another industry that you never thought of. And so I think that's the number one people thing can do is study. Like in the next five to 10 years, healthcare is going to double. Agriculture is going to grow tremendously because of the amount of people we're going to be feeding because our population is growing 
over the next uh, 20 years like it is. Um, automotive is going to continue to grow because more and more adults are getting into their childbearing years, which means they need to upgrade cars. Housing, there's right now, according to some numbers that we know, there's a 25 million shortfall in houses needed in the next 15 to 20 years to house all the millennials that are coming our way that's going to buy homes. So studying where the markets are going to be and applying your skill sets to that is going to where you want where you're going to want to be. But a lot of people want to sit still in their current job and, and use their skills they have. I'll give you an example, the service industry. When you look at the robots and artificial intelligence and machines are going to basically be taking food orders. They're going to be um, assistants in grocery stores. When you walk in and say, where's the sugar? A robot will take you there and serving food in an airport. Think how many people do that. And those are all going to be somewhat replaced by robots doing it for them. And so if I was in the service industry, I'd be actually trying to find new skill sets for markets that are going to grow. They're going to need people that I could be one of the top people there because there's three things you got to have to, be, to thrive in the future. You got to have um, some level of good education. That doesn't mean a four year degree. It just means you got to have a, a nice technical certificate or a uh, or some pro graduate from some program for an industry group that gives you skill sets needed. Then you have to have uh, skills that people were willing to pay you good money for. And then you have to want to do it with excellence. You've got those three things as an industry professional. There's no reason why you would not find a job. And believe me, today, the, before COVID, no one knows this, but before COVID, there was a, Caitlin, there was a million and a half open jobs, more than there were unemployed people. Let that sink in, a million and a half more open jobs than there were pe unemployed people. And we're going to go back there very soon as soon as the unemployment rate in the economy kicks in and the unemployment goes down to less than 4% again. That's going to happen again. So if you have the skill sets and the education and you'll do it with excellence, there's no reason you can't find a job just about anywhere you want in the professional world. Tom, this has been awesome talking to you. I am so excited to attend your keynote. Um, but I just wanted to ask, uh, where can people find you? So there's two places. So, you know, I'm the CEO of the Metal Treating Institute. And so you could go out to uh, heattreat.net and see all about our industry trade group and what we do. But if you want to see what I'm all about personally and where I speak and the things I uh, do outside of that, um, part-time kind of moonlighting, it's uh, you can go to top my name, Tom Morrison .biz, B-I-Z, and you can check me out there and, and check out the things that I do. I'll be sure to include those links in our show notes. Thanks again, Tom. It's been a delight talking to you. Caitlin, thank you very much. I'm excited to be here and I can't wait to get to the conference. 